Save the date for the 12th of September. Join our webinar on digital transformation in manufacturing. We are exploring how IoT, AI and smart factories are reshaping our sector. Hear from industry leaders like Airbus, Rolls-Royce and Heriot Watt University. This is a must attend for professionals and decision makers in manufacturing. So register now at resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. That's resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. The link is also in the description. I had a great conversation this week with Richard Hagen. He explained step-by-step step how he transformed his company Crystal Doors into a net-zero manufacturer. We also discussed what makes a good leader and why Lego is so important to him. From Redfern Media, this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Richard Hagen, Managing Director at Crystal Doors. He's run the company for 28 years and is very passionate about sustainability, having successfully made Crystal Doors a net zero company. His mantra is, save money, save planet, start simple, which I'm sure we will get into. So Richard Hagen, welcome to the show. Hello, Stuart. It's great to be here and thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure for us as well. So 28 years at one company, you don't often see that. What brought you to the manufacturing sector and what made you stay for so long? I think it started off as a child um, playing with Lego and, and putting things together. And I, I love the idea of manufacturing. My degree is then in food manufacturing, uh, but having psoriasis, I couldn't go into the food industry. Right. Uh, and then the company I went into was then woodworking and the company folded and I bought the company. And yes, 28 years later, it's, uh, it's become an overnight success. Wow. So from Lego to woodwork, you finally got what you were after. That's correct, yes. And now I'm trying to bring uh, circular economy back into sort of uh, the furniture industry by using the idea of sort of building blocks. Oh, well, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, in fact, you could introduce Crystal Doors in general and, and tell us uh, the aim of the company, employees, revenue. Give, give us uh, some details about what you're all about. So Crystal Doors manufactures vinyl wrap doors, the bespoke ones, as in made to measure uh, for the kitchen, bedroom, bathroom market, uh, predominantly for the UK However, about five years ago, we diversified into hospitals, shop fitting, um, absolutely anything that we could get a, a vinyl wrap uh, value and engineered product into. Unfortunately, that has been the success that we've, uh, we've achieved recently, um, which I'll go into detail later on. The company is now at 3 million turnover, and the difficulty with uh, manufacturing is your machinery determines how much your turnover is, but we're now on the cusp of being able to then double our turnover. So it's exciting times at Crystal Doors. We have 31 employees and two shifts. Fantastic. And whereabouts are you based? We're in Rochdale, just north of Manchester. Very cool. So we're part of the Northern Powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and and to, uh, give, give us your view on the current state of the manufacturing sector across the UK. It's very, very difficult at the moment. Uh, since lockdown, we've then had obviously the supply issues from China right. um, and, and we're now seeing even more issues within the woodworking industry is that the cost of wood has doubled. Um, our prices have had to increase, uh, not monthly, but certainly every three months and we're having another price increase. Getting hold of supply is, is the biggest problem uh, and therefore people are buying more and causing an even bigger problem. Uh, so I, I don't think we're going to be out of the woods, no, no pun intended, but we are going to see sort of the next couple of years as, as, as addressing the issues that we've got. Uh, the latest one being obviously the energy crisis. You know, it's, is it heating or eating for uh, a lot of people in this country uh, as this year progresses? 
So there's a lot of pressures for you to deal with there. Uh, is it easy to negotiate all of that? I think it's made a difference to um, business owners is no longer can they carry on playing golf and have that lifestyle. It's mm. every, every single company owner is now having to address uh, the reality of what uh, is, is, is the new normal, uh, which is you need to look at your prices all the time, need to look at your employees, need to look at your, your stocks uh, and, and, and renegotiate literally every single month what is happening. Mm. So not much time for time off, I, I suppose. No, absolutely not. As we mentioned at the top, you're a passionate advocate for an environmentally driven approach to business. Your motto is save money, save planet, start simple. Can you explain that to us? Where did where did those um, where did that logo come from? Crystal Doors in 2015, uh, we were knocked back for our um, biomass uh, right next door to Rochdale Canal and it didn't get planning permission. So it was a case of close the company. And it was only by talking to environmentalists who supported me uh, incredibly uh, and so passionately that I sort of got hooked. And it was about starting simple. It was, it was doing the simple things, air leaks uh, on your compressor. Um, you sort of think, well, this is how the factory runs. And it's only when you're sort of there at night time and you're hearing all the hissing, you realise that you can save hundreds of pounds straight away with only a couple of pounds spent. Um, where we've got electricity now is LED lights, that can be less than well, it can be about six months for payback in certain areas for mm. a, a good audit of, of your lighting within a, your business. Uh, solar panels has now become not six years, but now down to three years. And there's there's a lot of quick wins, and I think that's what needs to be out there. Is it's not about um, becoming sustainable, costs more money. There are alternatives. Um, certainly, when it comes down to personal, my personal carbon footprint's under four ton. But it's still now uh, a pound of porridge is still only a quid. And that lasts 30 days for breakfast. Is There are ways to sort of live slightly differently. And it isn't about sort of going short or having a poor lifestyle. It is about just adapting and understanding that there are alternatives that we can uh, achieve at work. Uh, it's no longer about your, your green bin. It's about everybody being on board. And that's where Crystal Doors has made the change. It's been our suppliers, it's been our customers, it's been our employees, it's been our community. And part of that is to do with the framework of B Corp. Uh, but there's plenty of other frameworks out there now to give people help to save money and save planet. Mm, absolutely. That's, that's great stuff. And, and help us understand how much the manufacturing industry in general contributes towards uh, these climate issues. And what do you think can be done about it at that macro level? Going back to sort of the global greenhouse gases, it's, it's down to transport, it's down to energy, it's down to households, uh, it's down to agriculture, and then it's down to industry. Industry, surprisingly, has been one of the best uh, in, in reducing. Is we've, we've had the technology uh, and we've had those efficiencies in that technology, and a lot of manufacturers have taken them up. So the manufacturers are well ahead. The difficulty that we've now got is, is obviously uh, energy needs to be converted over to something that's sustainable. But it's the households that need to start addressing um, what their lifestyles are. Certainly during COVID, we've had a, a big impact on travel, um, both flights and, and obviously with the transition to the electric vehicles. And it's something that you're investing in as well with, um, is it £1.9 million you're spending on, on green uh, stuff? Uh, tell us what that, what is that stuff? What does the money go on? Uh, since 2015, uh, the biomass burner was half a million. Um, straight after that one was a dust extractor. Um, the dust extractor, there was no chance that would pass planning permission, being next to the canal, throwing dust everywhere. So that became what's known as an industry 4.0. That is the, the true digital transformation. Uh, only when machines go on does it start, it then switches itself off, and it matches what machines are switched on. So that's saving sort of like well over 50% of the energy of the previous dust extractor. 
uh, and that was in excess of half a million. We've then got the solar panels, 160,000. So you can see those are the big, big numbers. Uh, and then it goes right down to little things like £50,000 for the upgrade of our vacuum pumps and our CNCs. And it's just this continuous of if if we know it's going to take six years to pay back, we get a loan of six years. So it's cash flow neutral. And I think that's the, 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 the change for myself is to be able to, as a small business, to achieve it, everything has to be cash flow neutral. We might be able to invest, but we can't afford the actual physical extra cash. Um, so for a company our size to spend more than half half its yearly turnover uh, since 2015, we do invest as heavily as we can, but it's all about making savings each time we make that investment. Right. So while it can take a little bit of time to come back to you, it is all worth it in the end. Yes. And it's cash flow neutral. That That is the, the top and bottom of running any business. Um, what you don't want to do is, is buy something and you start losing money every month. You want to buy something and it makes no change to your bank balance at all. You're saving at the same time as you're paying it back out by that investment. Absolutely. I mean, some people say there's a problem with greenwashing uh, across manufacturing industry. And that also sometimes stops companies from doing anything because they don't want to be labelled with that brush. What's your take on that? If you don't do anything, then I think you, you're painted with a very bad brush. Um, everybody has to um, set off soon. Uh, 2030, there's going to be massive, massive changes. 2025, we'll start seeing the impacts. Um, as I've sort of said, with the electricity prices, we're already starting to see the impacts. It now costs more money not to do any green investment than it does to actually start your green journey. Uh, the difficulty is, is yeah, the big boys, um, I don't want to name and shame because I can do, um, but they're the ones who've, who've gone out first to sort of make these claims. And it's only just recently that the the, the uh, Chartered Institute of Marketing are now saying that it's, it's now illegal at long last. Is They've got to make it absolutely clear that any of these claims are um, justified. Uh, what we want is people to be able to shout about how green they are, how sustainable they are, and about what actions they've done. And therefore, it then becomes a celebration, which is why Crystal Doors has, has had such interest and such success. It's not about uh, the negative side. It's about celebrating the individuals, uh, the organizations, the products that are out there, uh, and those businesses that are green, that are then transparent enough to be able to then evidence it. So if a company were to take sustainability as seriously as you guys do, um, what do you think they could do to improve things? What recommendations would you make? The main one is is the buy-in from everybody. It's a team effort. Uh, it needs to be from the top uh, that the, the MD or the board of directors, they just need to pledge net zero uh, and say it's scientific, which means you've got to increase, uh, decrease your, um, out, your carbon emissions every single year then it needs to be from a champion within the organization to be the chief sustainable officer. And then it's about an onboarding of everybody. And it will be somebody on the factory floor who will have known forever, if we did this, we'd save ourselves a lot of money. And it's then that, that, that levelness of everybody has something to contribute. Once that comes out, those savings will just pop out of the woodwork and people will then start to realize that there's a different way of running a business in a different way that as a community, we can make those big changes. It's not one big thing that's going to change the world. It's lots and lots of little actions. Well, let's drill down into that a little bit. As you mentioned, Crystal Doors is a net zero company now. So can you talk us through that process, how you got there, and what did the company look like before that transformation? Uh, the company looked like uh, before was uh, the old-fashioned big mortars, which is what's known as Star Delta. So it takes a walloping amount of electricity to get up to full power, and then it sits at full power all the time. Now we have inverter motors, 
where they gradually build up to speed. Um, but when you have a bank of them, like the dust extractor has a bank of five, it might only be two of the mortars running at half power and they can then respond immediately. So therefore you're reducing electricity costs. Um, when you then go on to things like the, the vehicles, is, is both our vehicles are now uh, electric vehicles, but it's not about lease purchasing. It's about actually buying them, knowing that it'll last 20 years. So it's, it's about the long-term planning. But the involvement with the employees, uh, and, and certainly then it then goes to the sort of your customers to get that brand value, is our customers at the beginning when we just sort of say green. As long as we're not paying for it, we're not bothered. What are you doing, Richard? But obviously now we're starting to realise that their customers are asking those questions and we're already there to be able to say that we have got that green brand value. So that's the customer side sorted out. From the supplier side is we get a better deal and a better partnership because we're helping them and educating them and they're starting to realise uh, the things that they can make as, as, as slight changes to be able to become green. So it is about that um, all joining up together. Drilling it down into something specific um, is we've got a personal carbon footprint for every individual. Uh, we have a well-being fund, which is to look after all our employees. Uh, so it's things like when it's their birthday, it's, you know, you have a, a, an extra holiday and it's about, you know, can you go home and celebrate with your family? It's about that community again. Um, but the, the well-being fund is then attached now to the, the carbon offsetting is we wanted to carbon offset every single employee. They didn't understand what the carbon footprint is as a personal carbon footprint. So the, the, um, the, the girl in the office quite happily filled a form in, sent it around. She'd done it with me several times over. She knew all the answers and just slowly worked with every single employee to sort of say, Let, let's see what we can find out. And then it's things like um, in the office is, is she knows next time she gets the boiler, she wants to get air source heat pump. That was never mentioned to her. But because the conversations are happening, like this conversation in a podcast, is it's getting that education out there. And it's when people are educated, we then make informed decisions. And that's where the green washes cause the problems is nobody's getting that informed decision because we don't know what to trust. Right. And and so, I mean, with that in mind, do you think the best approach uh, to structure a business might be top down or bottom up or a mix of both? It's the mix of both. We need, we need the owners to commit and that's it. And to be able to prove that it's financially viable to commit, which it is. Uh, and then you need the bottom up uh, and, and led by that one person who's passionate. Um, the, the easiest way for me is to do a, a personal carbon footprint of all employees and find out who's the lowest. And you'll realize that there is somebody. I mean, we, we didn't realize that we had uh, two vegans inside our factory. Uh, one of them was for a diet and one was because that was his lifestyle choice. Uh, it, it's incredible. Is is until you, you you know we don't want to pry into people's personal lives at all. But what we want to do is find somebody who is sort of yeah, I'm passionate about this, and the environment is something a lot a lot of people are starting to become passionate about. And, and more interestingly, is the youth, and when they're looking for jobs, they're looking for products, they're looking for an organisation. They will not work for an organisation if they don't have the right culture, uh, ethical values. Uh, and obviously for them to feel part of, it's part of their sort of uh, personal lifestyle choices. Businesses need to start changing the way that they want to attract new business as well as new employees. Absolutely. Remake Manufacturing is brought to you by Redfern Media, the digital agency for B2B manufacturers. We partner with B2B manufacturers to listen, think, create and innovate. To find out more, 
head over to remakemanufacturing.com and sign up to the podcast, plus manufacturing marketing and technology insights. Now, back to the show. You said before that 2022 is about radical disruption and SMEs are better placed than large corporates to bring about change. What did you mean by that? The big companies, I've supported a lot of big companies. They've got too many distribution sites, they've got too many shops, they've got too many manufacturing sites, they've got too many employees that nobody can champion all of them in one go. So I understand it's difficult for them to be able to sort of get the data, get the communications. With a small company, um, up to 100, is you've got direct conversation that you, it is like a family unit. And once, and, and with Crystal Doors, it was when I bought my Nissan Leaf 2. That was the tipping point, is I came out of a, a fancy Jaguar um, and everyone was just like, Rich, have you lost your marbles? You know, what, what, what's going on now? Uh, and I said, no, no, this is real. I'm not just doing it to sort of play a game. It's We are going to be net zero. I'm really trying my hardest. And that's when they, they bought into it. And it, it's about small companies can change radically, as in within three months, uh, you, you can sort of go from not knowing anything to being um, with offsetting net zero and tick all the boxes and to be able to brand value, to be able to shout about it. Uh, that's what's great about the SMEs for me. The, trans- the, 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 the transparency to me is the important part, is the big companies don't want to be transparent. They want to hide behind the fact that it's, it's come from some uh, highly polluted area of India where they're manufacturing clothes uh, with child labour. Um, can't mention China too much with forced labour, but there's, there's areas where they're, they're buying a, a, a pennies that nobody's benefiting apart from that company. Is we're, we're paying the high prices, they're paying extremely low prices, and they don't want to be exposed with that transparency. The SMEs are perfectly positioned to be able to say, look, we are good people, uh, and everything we're doing, as long as you are being transparent and saying, look, this, this, is, this is the truth. Once the truth's out there, people then will make the right choices. And that journey to net zero, was there, was there any pain on the way that you want to sort of warn people about or, or, or highlight? The, the, the greatest um, pain for me was is the, the excitement and passion of the environmentalists who were educating me and I wanted to then act on it uh, and the resistance from customer suppliers and employees. And that was from 2015 up to 2019. So you can imagine four years. Uh, and the, even with the recognition in 2019, starting to win the, the first awards, um, it, 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 it was only until people sort of said, we understand what Richard's doing. That is the pain, really, is, is for me to sort of say, I need to do it, I need to do it as fast as possible, and I'll throw everything at it, and for others to look at your blank and go, I don't know what you're talking about. And I've had to uh, change the way that I converse with people and, and how I get them excited. And, and I think it is about the, the energy that you transmit and about it being this positive story, is we see far too much negative news, uh, negative media, uh, this is a very, very positive story to be able to say, look, we're doing something good for other people. We're doing something good for ourselves. We're doing something good for our community, for our business. And business leaders can now be true leaders and champions that, that people will look up to and respect uh, rather than the, the guy who, or the, the, the owner who sort of, you, you hardly ever see, turns up in his flash car, flash house, house lifestyle, takes all the money, and everyone thinks, well, why are we working harder to, to, to give a better lifestyle for them? Now, those business owners can take centre stage and, and sort of say, you know, 
that this is what I'm giving back. Mm. Well, as you say there, leadership in this area is absolutely crucial. So what principles do you think a good leader would live by? The first one is empathy. Um, certainly a good business leader um, is, is about listening. It's about listening to other people. Uh, it, it's, it's not uh, what they say. It, it, it's it, You've got to listen to them until you understand what they're trying to say. Uh, and that's in marriage guidance. You know, you've got to be able to repeat back to somebody what they've actually said, because right. we do have this amazing filter to sort of just blank off. And that's taken me a long time. That has been one of the leadership skills. <laughs> that does sound familiar. <laughs> yeah. It's too, too, too many company owners just railroad. It literally is, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. And I'm telling you what to do. Uh, those days have gone. So that's the empathy side. The other one is perspective, is to actually put it into the reality of, I get what... The, the guys on the shop floor are saying, I get what the distribution, I get what the marketing people, but you've then got to put the reality of the cost, the impacts, the, the time, what it's going to be. And I think that the final one is, is that leadership now is about that communication. Is I, I don't like it when there's bosses and leaders that um, aren't able to sort of stand up and, and champion their companies. We don't want accountants hiding in back offices running companies. We now need people like Steve Jobs was, I think, one of the first. We've now got Elon Musk as a, a, an absolute brilliant advocate for his own business. No, 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 no showrooms, nothing needed. Every single person who buys a Tesla becomes an ambassador, uh, and that's from the, the very top. And he's then speaking directly to the end users and sort of saying, look, we'll do upgrades on and what end users say. Leaders need to be seen. Um, that that's 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 my main one is they need to be on the shop floor they need to be seen as one of the heroes uh, in the business wow okay so it's quite a different and very dynamic philosophy compared to a lot of uh, business leaders who like to keep quiet and stay in the background so how did you arrive at this perspective it's by turning the model upside down so my role is to provide the best environment for my employees it's to provide the best skills for my employees and it's to provide the best assets for my employees to obviously perform their best. So if I don't give them uh, the, 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 the most uh, investment that I can possibly throw at them mm-hmm. to be able to make them as uh, achieving maximum, um, then it's, it's my responsibility to, to take it and sort of say that's the reason why the company is not successful. You can't just go onto the factory floor and say, you know, scream, I want more. You've got to provide all the the framework, the skills. And this is where Crystal Doors, certainly since 2019, it's almost like a university. Is is My team now know that they're going to be challenged every single week, that there will be some new infrastructure, certainly on our software. The the software is is literally fortnightly now being updated. Uh, and, And they are challenged constantly of, you know, how can we improve it? So we've now got 31 employees all wanting to improve the productivity of crystal doors, the quality of crystal doors, and the value that we give our customers, as opposed to just the sales department, or as opposed to just the accountants trying to make more profit by squeezing everybody. It's a different philosophy. Yeah, and I suppose if you have that culture of continually challenging them, it's what they expect and it's what they respond to, rather than feeling like it is. they just it rest is. on their laurels. Yes, it, it is. Is we're certainly seeing within the, the, the world that we live in today, uh, the, the last three years has been very very disruptive. Uh, and it's, it's companies like ours where we are very adaptive, uh, we're very open-minded uh, and very positive about the future. Uh, and, and I think that's what gives the drive. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, we, we want to improve. There's continuous improvement, lean manufacturing, all, all the things that you want to put together um, comes to its it, un, under one umbrella, which is this sustainability. And I think once we sort of realize that sustainability is that umbrella to cover everything, um, it then becomes a single vision uh, for everybody to then follow what the strategy is and obviously follow what the, the, the company's purpose and value is. It's, it's great to hear. So pulling back then, as you reflect on 28 years being a managing director, what trends have been most interesting to you in terms of the growth and longevity of the manufacturing sector? For myself, coming out of the food industry, that's 24-7, uh, highly automated as my degree, and then turning up into the dark ages of the old-fashioned uh, classic woodworking machinery, which is all I could afford at the time. Uh, it wasn't depressing, but I knew I had to wait a long time. Uh, and the time came probably in 2015 when uh, digital transformation started. Uh, and then you've got people like the growth company, you've got Made Smarter, you've got Innovate, you've got Catapult. So the government is behind it as long as you know where to access it. Uh, and it has literally been the last four years. Uh, everything has changed for me as at long last. The technology that I've always dreamt of and believed was possible is now actually being put into place. So that's the reason why Crystal does become the overnight success is I've had to wait 24 years in the making. <laughs> yeah, overnight success never comes easy, does it? Um, so as we come towards the end of the show then, the big question uh, that I guess we've, we've all thinking about in the back of our minds, how hopeful are you about solving the climate crisis that we are tumbling into? Uh, Crystal Doors um, on its own is going to be very, very positive. Um, we're wanting by 2025 to be buyer, uh, diverse, positive, which is a bit harder. Um, as soon as we get to net zero, that's only the first leg of the journey. The second leg is circular economy. Uh, and that's the much bigger picture, which uh, is not even being addressed uh, at the moment on, on, the, on the sort of the world stage. It's, it's sort of being done behind. Um, for me, uh, obviously, the Internet in the 1990s was the big thing is uh, uh, I am an academic um, and it's, it's very much about uh, education. And I think that's the positive is we've seen since COP26, since the beginning of COVID, there has been a huge amount of education. And that transparency of people now started to know we have a problem uh, and it's a bit like every other uh, lifestyle problem as soon as you admit you've got a problem you can then start addressing the solutions and we are seeing the solutions coming through thick and fast it's just whether it's, it's uh, enough uh, soon enough i'm not too sure but certainly from my point of view uh, yes i am still positive and still going to carry on driving forward whatever the weather <laughs> It's a fight worth fighting. So if you could give one key piece of advice to British manufacturers listening to the show right now, what would that be? The, the first one is, is, is pledge to net zero. That, that really is it. It is just pick a date, 2050 is the latest, 2035, 2030, uh, pledge to net zero uh, and then bring everybody on board uh, and, and sort of try and work it out together because it is a team game uh, and it's a sport that's worth champion, all the positives that can come out of it. <laughs> Good positive stuff. So we'll end the show the same way we do every week by asking our guests to tell us the one invention that if it was never manufactured, your life would be unbearable. So what could you not live without? I'm sure the answer that you've always heard is obviously the internet, uh, which is now part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Fundamental needs is now the, is the Wi-Fi. For, for me personally, as a child, I think it was technical Lego. That opened up my mind to the possibilities, how, how, how it all sort of fits together and is repurposed. Uh, the invention that never was uh, realized at the beginning of the first industrial revolution was um, waste is a human invention. Uh, 
Mm. Within nature, everything, all the waste is then recycled through the bacteria, through the viruses, through through the sort of the planktons and the, the, the funguses. What we've got uh, as humans now, and certainly since the 1970s, and the plastic waste is because it doesn't go back into the system. This is where we've got a problem, and that is the invention that we now need to come out with as fast as possible. Which is what Crystal Doors has wanted to do: is how do we make everything that we do circular economy? So right. therefore, everything fits into its own little place and goes around in ecosystems as nature does. Okay, great answer. I look forward to hearing more about that in the future. All it leaves me to do is say thanks to today's guest, Richard Hagen. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me. And hopefully, I've given some uh, toolbox talks within the the conversation to follow up. Absolutely. It's been brilliant. Thanks so much. Subscribe to this podcast in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon and Google Music. Thanks for listening to this edition of Remake Manufacturing. I'm Stuart Black. See you next time.